You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 144 of Comic Book Informer Podcast, coming to you on October 15th. This is Vince with uh, most of Raj. How you doing today, man? Oh, I'm all here. Well, we're not counting <laughs> faculties, and really, do we ever? <laughs> yeah, physically, you're all here. Oh, yeah. All right. This past weekend, we had New York Comic Con, and I know traditionally here, we make a big deal out of San Diego Comic Con and New York. We t- we touch on it, but actually, over the past couple of years, New York Comic Con has really emerged. Honestly, as the yeah. main con for actual comic news, San Diego, Com- San Diego Comic-Con has become, a, of course, a huge event, but it's really a, been a lot about you know the movies and TV shows and all the other multimedia stuff, and the comics are really getting left behind, whereas in New York, comics are still front and center, and especially Marvel, with New York being their hometown, has really made that their primary show, it seems like. And I like that. I do. I I. I like that, which isn't saying anything bad about San Diego Comic-Con. It's just that San Diego Comic-Con is more – it's an event. It's a cultural event for so many different – whether you're a comic book nerd, a movie nerd, a gaming nerd, it doesn't matter. There's like – it's just this – this this great community and it is cool. I like it. It's it's a fun atmosphere when you read it. I would love to see it one day. But just for – you know – straight on comic book fix this has now become the one to watch and i think that we're probably getting quite a bit more especially from marvel than we we ever do at the the san diego one now as of last few years yeah uh, this is was it two years ago uh New York is where they first announced Marvel Now, and this year's big deal was you know Marvel Now Phase Two or all new Marvel Now as they're calling it, I believe. So yeah, no, it was it was cool. So we're just actually going to dive right on in, starting with Marvel, and we're actually going to start off with the, the Avengers line. They did announce. Of course you uh, would. <laughs> what? <laughs> an Avengers little Nancy boy. That's all you care about. There was all that awesome Spider-Man stuff, X-Men. No, you got to start with Avengers. It it flows better. No, it this does way. not. Avengers. You know what's is the funny is pole of the company. You <laughs> tent pole. Yeah, it's a pole. All right. I <laughs> you sent all those <laughs> links, and I had actually read through a bunch of those, and I'd read some other ones that you didn't even put up there. But I went through all the links you put, <laughs> and it was the Avengers one. It was like uh, he'll talk forever. I'm not even bothering to read this. <laughs> I actually don't have a whole lot to talk about regarding the Avengers. <laughs> They did announce a new Avengers uh, total comic called Avengers World, which is going to be co-scripted by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer with art by Stefano Caselli. And it's going to focus on more global issues, uh, basically what's going on with Earth after Infinity happens. And really the primary purpose this serves is to reduce Hickman's workload. Uh, He's scaling back the regular adjectiveless Avengers to one a month instead of two. And then he's kind of just telling Nick Spencer what to write for this one. And so basically it's the same number of Avengers comics. They're just splitting it up between two separate titles now. And Nick Spencer is actually somebody who I've had a very 
tenuous relationship with his comics because there's a lot of stuff I've really liked about them. Just the overall plot has never quite worked. Like he's good with the dialogue. He's good with the characters, but it never really holds together for me. And I think that's teaming him up with Hickman. We saw on the last few issues of Avengers before Infinity came out, the two of them teamed up on those. I really enjoyed those issues. So having a strong guiding hand by someone like Hickman with a, admittedly talented writer like Spencer, I think that's a good combination because Spencer has been killing it on Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Beyond that, uh, Avengers Arena is wrapping up soon and nobody cares because it's not very good. But they're spinning off from that into Avengers Undercover. Uh, Same writer, Dennis Hopeless, with Kev Walker on art where the surviving members join the Masters of Evil to go undercover and investigate what's going on there. And uh, I... I'm not going to really jump into it, but I mean, I'll keep my eyes open and see if people are saying good things about it. Then you're one step ahead of me. <laughs> well, we have your new favorite comic here, Loki, Agent oh, of Asgard. Dude, see, see, this is why I stopped reading too. <laughs> I saw some of the stuff on there. I was like, no, no, I don't know. I cannot be asked to care about that. <laughs> Written by Al Ewing. It's, uh, he's really picking up a lot of books right now for Marvel. But here they said the first thing they do on in the comic, the very first page is they kill Thor. I thought you would be perfectly on board with that. Still not enough. He'll come back. <laughs> we know that. Unless no. there's like a really Al, nice... Al Ewing has said in multiple interviews that Thor is absolutely dead. Jason Aaron's Thor God of Thunder is merely going to be writing about the decomposing body. Yeah. God. If there's a really nice two-page spread of how Thor bites it, then maybe I'd buy that issue. Just so I could frame that. That'd be See, awesome. I, I and put really... it by the computer. So whenever we're recording this podcast, I can just look at that and smile. <laughs> and you can ask me, Vince, how was the Thor comic this Because <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> well, there were a few more worms in his nose. <laughs> See, this is like freaking Dan Slott, who... In my opinion, oh. one New York Comic Con, just constantly saying, he's dead. <laughs> Peter's dead. <laughs> he was cutting people off mid-question. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's going to be it with Thor. He's dead. <laughs> and one of the uh, the single word announcements that they revealed was The Atonement, which is a new Black Widow series by Nathan Edmondson and Phil Notto. And Do we I'll, know them? I'll give it a shot. Do we know these guys? What have they worked on? I I know I've seen Phil Notto do a lot of stuff. Um, I don't think I've really read too many of his actual comics. I think he might have been doing Astonishing X Men recently, though. Okay, but uh, I, I mean, would again, like to uh, read I, a I really good mind. Black Widow. Yeah, I would love to read a good one. Mm-hmm. It's just you get into that whole thing of the same tired character trope of oh she's done some bad things in her life and you know wants to make up for it. She's been making up for it for like 50 years now. Which is again going back to what we've seen with with Hawkeye though where they can take a character and just make a character series that's a departure from the norm for that character. And that's something that they said during one of these panels as well. Um I think it was Cup of Joe, possibly, where they were saying like they're trying to do these things that are more about the passions that writers and creators have for certain mm-hmm. uh, characters to then take them further than the norm. So if we saw something like that with Black Widow, and it wasn't just about those kind of tropes and, and ass shots, then that would be freaking killer. That would be phenomenal. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping an open mind, but... I'd like to see Kelly Sue DeConnick writing that, in, in fact. Nothing well, against whoever's writing it, but man, give that to Kelly Sue. I would love to see her run with that. See, that's the thing. There, we had that great Black Widow issue of Avengers Assemble a couple months ago. I, I couldn't tell you which issue number. It was a one-shot. Actually, it might have been a two-parter with uh, Black Widow, Spider-Woman, and Hawkeye. And it was the same concept of, you know, she she's making up for some wrongs in her right. But it was much more personal because this was somebody she had specifically wronged in the past and always, you know, basically gave them an actual marker that they could call in. And, like, it made it more character focused than just you know general oh i've killed some people so now i need to do good things because she's been doing good things for quite a while yeah all right well we're going to move away from avengers and we're going to get into next we have the inhumanity and the all new marvel now panel which is just kind of a general canvas for all the other stuff they have coming up that they couldn't think of anywhere else to put uh, the first thing here this is something that they actually announced a little while ago but I, I, we didn't talk about it at the time, so I'll bring it up now. And that's the all-new Invaders, written by James Robinson. And it's you know the old-school World War II team of Cap, Namor, Human Torch, and Bucky, but in a modern-day story, which is, should be very interesting because, of course, Cap's been through a lot. Namor's going through psh, countless issues lately. A Human Torch recently came back from – well, he wasn't alive to begin with, but you know he came back. And you know Bucky's the winter soldier now, so it's going to be a very different team dynamic, and I've always liked Robinson's writing. Yeah, it should be interesting. I don't know. I'm not too thrilled with the team-up kind of thing, but I don't know. We'll see how, they, how he writes it out. Mm-hmm. And then we have another teaser was Defend, and this is the new Iron Patriot series by Ailescott and Gary Brown. And, of course, this is you know James Rhodes' War Machine dusting off Norman Osborn's old Iron Patriot armor and just going off and doing his thing now. I, I love Rhodey. Like, I love War Machine, but the last, like, three solo series he's had have failed miserably, and not because they were bad. I actually really enjoyed... Uh, the last two and it's just nobody was that interested in the character like on his own Man. nothing no, okay. nothing on that all right what about overdrive which is the new ghost rider <sighs> series from felipe smith and trad moore this is a completely new character with the ghost rider well the ghost driver because they took away his motorcycle and they're giving him a car <laughs> I can't be the only one that read that and was like, really? And it's like, it's literally a facepalm moment kind of thing. I, I love Ghost Rider and I'm all for doing new things with characters. But the thing that made Ghost Rider so awesome to begin with is just the imagery of this biker with a flaming skull. So, now he's going to have his window I'm, down and his arms sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> Bumper stickers on the back. <laughs> maybe some of those bumper stickers that have the pictures of the kids, how many kids you have and dogs and stuff, and maybe like an X through them and stuff <laughs> flames yeah. all around. Now I'm not familiar with uh, Smith or more. So I, I'm again, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm, I'm going not. to give it a shot. I'm not, <laughs> I am not keeping an open mind about this <laughs> firmly <laughs> shut. All right. Well, what about the last one they announced here, which was the rad teaser the new silver surfer series from dan slot and mike allred get a different artist and i'll be on board <laughs> i'm sorry they made a big deal about like he was the, the the thing about did you write this for me and all that and it's like i know this is typical kind of patting each other's asses and i'm thrilled 
to be reading a Silver Surfer from Dan Slott, dude. Well, I would read anything from Dan Slott, but this is like, okay, this is really going to get me more interested in Silver Surfer. But I have never hidden my hatred of this art style. And some people love it. I can appreciate that. It's just, to me, it's not even a like, eh, I'm not crazy about, no. I despise it. Despise it. Yeah, when I think of Silver Surfer, you know, I think of, you know, crazy cosmic landscapes and, you know, his reflective skin and all the fantastic stuff that an artist can do. And unfortunately, none of that matches all red style, at least for me. Oh, it's not just you. It's, oh, this could be so bloody awesome in the right hands if they could get the right artist, a spectacular artist to work on this. With Dance Lot, come on, this would be, oh my god, insane. Second on my list, next to freaking Spider Superior Spider Man, but not with this guy. It's to the point, literally. I'll pick up the first couple, but it will have to be like really good to make me have to swallow this art. Because I really like what Slot's doing with the characters. As I said, not that long ago, even. I like the Silver Surfer as a story component. I don't really like him as a particular character. And Slot is looking to change really the perception of the Silver Surfer because he's always been this lonely person, this nomad, just you know, surfing the you know the endless cosmos. And he's doing something very simple and giving him another person to travel with, this girl that he meets. And as they flat out said, it's the perfect Doctor Who scenario of you have this lonely person traveling space. But once you give him a companion, it completely changes the entire outlook of the character and of the story. And if you're going to do something based on Doctor Who, I think Dan Slott's the best guy at Marvel to write it. Yeah, I I love the premise. I am. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I was so disappointed. And I mean, and not that this artist is listening to our podcast or gives a rat's ass what I think, but it was, it was unbelievable how disappointed I was when I, I read that and saw the cover. And it was like, the cover's hideous in my opinion. And again, it's subjective. Some people will love it and I can appreciate that. It's just, to me, it's, it, I saw this cover and I went, ew, it's terrible. This yeah, is what the whole issue is going to be. Yeah, there's definitely a time and place for his style. No, there Solar isn't. Surfer isn't it as far as I'm concerned. No, there isn't. There's, there's no time or place for his style. Okay. <laughs> and put him at DC. That's where, that's where he belongs. In comics that we're not reading anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh next God, we're going to talk me. about Spider-Man. So I think you're going to be a little more interested. <laughs> Oh, the meds are kicking in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had the Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel. And, of course, Superior Spider-Man was headlining this where they're talking about upcoming storylines where I think it's issue 20 and 21. They were saying we're going to see the birth of a new goblin. This was all awesome. Beginning to end this whole – I don't know if we were looking at the same one because there was actually a couple of panels where they talked about Superior stuff. And one of the ones you did not – pull up was the stuff on goblin nation i'm assuming you read up on it I, I did read up on yeah some of it. I, I, I believe there was a link to that other stuff but you know, yeah whatever yeah so yeah, with, everything in there beginning to end was made a freaking win yeah they're saying uh now that uh 
as of this week, the 2099 story is wrapping up. We're getting a two-issue storyline, which is they're saying is the birth of a new goblin, member of the goblin family, what have you. Then we have the Venom uh, crossover tie-in, whatever it is, it is, The Darkest Hours. And then coming up next year, what they were teasing with The End is the Goblin Nation storyline, where Superior Spider-Man and whoever is behind that green goblin mask are finally going to come to blows and I cannot wait. Yeah. This is, you know, what's funny is that the more that I read up on what they were doing, the more excited I got because like a lot of these panels, I'm yes, we are reading the write-ups on it. Uh, I didn't really watch any of them on YouTube or anything. So we're reading just the, the short form write up. So you're, you're missing some of it, but I mean, there's so little that they can tell you about what is coming up for a whole bunch of episodes, issues. So you're getting a lot of, you know, talking around and, and just banter, whereas it's not really information that's coming. And there was some of that with the stuff coming up with, with Spider-Man because slot is notorious for that. But, there was also a lot of information and a lot of that little banter is what led you to kind of see some of what may be coming up. And especially when he was talking about how up until that point now, basically Doc Ock has set himself as the ultimate Spider-Man villain and how before baby green goblin Norman took that slot, but until Bendis kidnapped him for his Avengers stories. Yeah. But now it's definitely Doc Ock. I like his little thing where he was saying if they were talking to each other, it was like I threw his girlfriend off a bridge. Yeah, well, I ate his brain and <laughs> <laughs> replaced it with my own. I, I'm paraphrasing, but it was I can just see Slot saying something like that. But I wear his skin around like a meat puppet. Yes, that I believe was, was the exact word. Yes, that man. If I would put that as my signature at work, if I was allowed in my my freaking outlook. Um, but anyways, that's what really leads you to think. Okay. What is it going to be like when those two clash and you have basically two villains fighting each other, but Ock has changed so much. So you're going to be having like an encounter that is so much more effective than had it been with Peter. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so friggin' excited for this. It's unbelievable. See, and that goes to show, you know, you spend you know all time and effort to build up the brand the way Dan Slott has. They don't need to give us much information to get us excited for these upcoming storylines. They don't need to tell us, oh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and that's going to happen. All they need to say is Goblin versus Spider-Man. And we can just make up the rest, basically. We've been seeing a lot of it as it's been coming around now, too. Like some of the stuff that you're seeing now with the Goblins and whatnot. And he's building it up gradually in a very very good way and so you're really getting to know the players you're getting to know how it's being run and things like that and so again it's building up really nicely that i'm going to assume by the time we get to the actual goblin nation we're going to be salivating for it it's going to be like give it to us now we we need to know how this ends and of course since the teaser for this was the end What's at the end of? Yeah, I. You know what? I'm. I would put down money that this is where they're. This is the point where they're caving now, and Peter is coming back somehow because there was also another thing. I can't remember if it was in this one or one of the other ones where they were talking about there's going to be actual time travel involved as well. Mm-hmm. Do you recall if it was in this? 
I don't remember. I'm almost positive. That's the only way they can resolve this kind of thing. So to actually bring Peter back. Yeah. And this is actually uh, just going off rails at this point because I've been thinking for a while now that it actually is Peter that's behind the Green Goblin mask. Really now? Mm-hmm. That's out of left field. Because last time we saw Norman Osborn, he was comatose. And then after Doc Ock switched bodies is when Osborn's Osborn disappeared from the hospital. Yeah, but he's been doing bad things. Has he? I've been slapping around the other goblin. <laughs> I guess that's not considered bad. <laughs> yeah, but he, well, man, when he put it that way, damn it. Okay. Why do you have to do that? I had not even considered that. <laughs> All right. You Moving on now. Better not be right. You know what's funny though? As just one last parting thing is I was reading a thing uh, a few weeks back and it was somebody who was writing about the all-time worst Spider-Man story, story arcs kind of thing. And, and it was interesting. I didn't necessarily agree with them all. But they, they, they finished with this, what's going on now, and how ridiculous Aww. it is to have Aww. the uh, a, a villain inside of the greatest superhero of all time kind of thing. And, and it was... No way this is worse than the Stacy kids. <laughs> you know what? It was like, I wish he would have put that at the beginning of the article. I would have stopped reading right then and there. <laughs> it was like, because I, we had our issues initially with how it was handled in terms of, you know, using an old trope kind of thing, but it's gotten to the point now. And I'm not lying to you as much as I love what he did with Peter and what, and just the character of Peter and all that. But when this ends, I will be disappointed. Like in a huge way, I will be so disappointed. I yeah, every time Until he was saying, happens and then you're gonna. Oh no, no! I'll still be disappointed. Every time he was saying he's dead, I was cheering. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Is it the people or Dan Slot actually posted on Twitter? He's like, I just saw somebody walking around in a shirt that said Dan Slot was right. <laughs> I would so wear that. <laughs> All right. They also announced the reveal of the higher teaser, which is, well, Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel's uh, wrapping up next month and going on hiatus for a while because, well, Kelly Sue is a very busy person. And coming back, I think they said in March with a new number one, still written by Kelly Sue DeConnick. And I believe Felipe Andrade is going to be back on art. And this is basically just picking up Carol where, you know, as we saw, she's lost, you know, a number of memories and they're taking it in a different direction, putting her back out into space, which I actually think is very fitting because, mm. you know, she doesn't really know who she is. She, she needs some time alone to kind of figure stuff out. And I, I said, I've been enjoying Kelly Sue's current Captain Marvel. So I have no reason to believe that I won't enjoy the upcoming one. And that's the only thing for me that is, um, that's enough for me to say, yeah, I'll buy it, obviously, and I'll, I'll I'll probably enjoy it. But if her name was not attached to this title, I would I would quite likely feel different about it because I, what I what made Captain Marvel as popular as she is now is not battles in space that are grander mm -hmm. than life with cosmic entities what made it what it is what made her what it is and what led to a carol core in real life is her relationship to the people on the street 
and that's completely going away. But at the same time, now that that relationship itself has fundamentally changed, I think a shift in direction, at least temporarily, might be the right choice. I, again, I'm sure it's going to be good solely because of her writing pedigree to date. That's that's it. Because from a story standpoint, and, and who am I to say, but, you know, I think it's the wrong choice. I, and I think it's the wrong choice in, in a fairly big way. I disagree with it. I think okay. there are far better stories that could have been told, taking into consideration her loss of memory and everything else without slapping her in an impersonal space journey. And I know that we don't know everything that's going to be happening. And there were hints about different things that, that she plans on doing and whatnot. But I think that overall, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like really think this is a bad idea. Okay. Well, next up we have the assassin teaser, which is an ongoing Electra series written by Zeb Wells art by Mike Del Mundo. While I'm not particularly ecstatic over, you know, an Electra solo series, I'm like jumping out. Oh, Electra. Yay. I'll read anything that Zeb Wells writes. I kind of thought this sounded cool. I, I, depending on, she's very much a character that depending on who writes her determines mm-hmm. how much I like her. And so the potential is there for something good and they're going to be covering her ass more. So, all right, way to go for the mature readers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have next hunted uh, Punisher is getting his own uh, solo series back again, again, written by Nathan Edmondson. I'm really going to have to learn who that is art by Mitch Gerard's and, it, it's one of those things where Punisher has had some really good stuff I've liked. Punisher has had some stuff I really haven't liked. I'm going to have to wait until I see it to really to really have much judgment on this one. Exactly. All right. We also had War, which is the reemergence of the New Warriors, written by Chris Yost, art by Marcus Toe. Chris Yost is another one of those writers that I enjoy just about everything he puts out. He's been co-writing a lot of the Spider-Man stuff lately. And this takes uh, the surviving members of the original New Warriors with Justice and Speedball, teams them up with the new Nova, Sam Alexander, and we've actually seen the the beginning of that in the actual Nova comic, and inserts a couple other characters, most notably the Scarlet Spider. And that's where things get interesting here because, I don't know, have you been reading the Scarlet Spider at all lately? You know what? I read a little bit initially and it's just been a series that and i've heard great things i will go back and i will get caught up and i will read them i fully intend on to but as of now no i haven't been mm-hmm. i i they said i started reading it again like right around when they did that crossover with uh, superior spider-man team up right and i actually really have been enjoying it and yeah. chris yost is writing that so him carrying that character over because what he's doing with Kane is so interesting because Kane is the most reluctant superhero of all time. He he doesn't want to be a hero. <laughs> he just kind of, you know, he, he's stuck where he is and he's just kind of going on with it. And the tagline sells it perfectly is that he's has all of the power but none of the responsibility. So taking that character and putting him with basically these kids is really a recipe for something interesting. <sighs> I really wasn't interested. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And again, oh, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm sure like, he's good. Again, I'm not jumping for joy, but this mm-hmm. is definitely a little higher on my radar than some of the other stuff they announced. Yeah, it was just like most of these characters was like, really? Do I really care about Sun Girl all that much? No, but so, I, I like Nova. I like Scarlet Spider. And yeah, you never know. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, and I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But and, and hell, we've seen other 
series where I care very little for the team, but then it's all on the strength of the writing. So yeah, it might be great, but just as an initial glance really didn't interest me. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we finally get into your X-Men stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We have the amazing X-Men and the Marvel U panel. And well, let's get the other Marvel stuff out of the way. They talked about the new She-Hulk series that they actually announced a couple weeks ago, uh, written by Charles Soule. And what makes this very interesting, and you were talking about how they were really t- taking stories that writers had a particular interest in. In addition to writing like 50 comics, like this dude, I don't know how he finds the time. Charles Soule is an actual practicing attorney as well. I thought that was awesome. So, yeah. But and of course, She-Hulk herself is an attorney. So that, that lends a whole different spin to the writing on this comic that no other writer can possibly bring to the character. And that alone, I'm definitely on board. Uh, that was a thing too. Like I read it and it was like, it was one of those things that you, you read so many times when you're reading books on writing and it's like, write what you know. There's a reason why so many of Stephen King's novels have a writer in them kind of thing. So a lot of people do that. So when I saw this, it was like, this is going to be fantastic because no, we don't want it overtaking the story, but it's going to certainly lend an air of credibility that is going to be very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And also from Charles Soule, they announced the Sinners teaser, which is uh, picking up his Thunderbolts, which, like I said, I have been enjoying, and inserting Ghost Rider into the team. And not the Ghost Driver. This is old school Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider joining. And yeah, I, yeah, that's all I really need to say. <laughs> nothing? I got nothing on that one. Yeah. Well, you, you haven't really. I, that's the thing. I, since issue one anyway. So I skipped those paragraphs. I was like, uh, Sanders, Thunderbolts, I don't know, okay, skip ahead. Yeah, but Ghost Rider <laughs> kind of sticks out in big letters. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's it depends on how it's done. Like, I've seen him in stuff where it was fantastic, but a lot of stuff where it tanks. Yeah. So, putting him in Thunderbolts, to me, uh, leaning towards tanking, at least, again, for me, my taste. Okay. All right, now we can finally get into the actual X-Men stuff. Uh, they announced uh, some... Uh, soon to be upcoming stuff to the current comics that uh, Monet is joining the adjectiveless X-Men and I actually think that's a really good fit that character went through an awful lot in uh, the X-Factor run so it's going to be cool to see her development there you know kind of getting back and she's going to be a pretty interesting member of that that team I know you don't have any experience there. We have X-23 will be joining the all-new X-Men. So, spoiler alert, uh, she survives Avengers Arena. <laughs> she can survive anything. <laughs> and did you did you see the, the little spoiler that they, they showed off that the cover with her kissing somebody? No, I didn't see that. It's uh, Young Scott. <laughs> Which is hilarious and disturbing on so many levels for so many reasons <laughs> she's trying to piss off wolverine this is she's got daddy issues exactly and she's pissing off that's going to be hysterical oh my god i would frame that cover too <laughs> we had the next reveal of vendetta which is a crossover coming up between uncanny x-force and cable and x-force I, I'm really interested to see yeah, that happen I because agree. Cable considers his X-Force the only real X-Force. <laughs> As they even said, it's the real X-Force versus those other guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those that, like they said, we've been waiting. It was bound to happen. So it's going to be cool to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. 
All right. We have Trial and Judgment, which were two separate teasers, uh, one for all new X-Men and one for Guardians of the Galaxy because they are crossing over coming up next year with the Trial of Jean Grey where, you know, stuff has happened recently with the Phoenix. And even though this particular Jean Grey might not have anything to do with that, the intergalactic uh, council really doesn't care. So they whip the all new X-Men out into space and I'm all for that. I'm, I am, but I'm gonna have to really. I don't know. It, it, the premise is stupid. the The premise of these galactic entities putting Jean Grey on trial <laughs> is stupid. It's, it's it's. But I mean, can they pull it off? I'm quite sure they can. But as the premise goes, it it's stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree, but this is, again, the strength of the writer is really what's carrying our interest here because – That's exactly it. Bendis is putting out the best work of his career right now, hands down. And that's, again, the only thing is like this is – the premise of them being here is great. Other writers have worked with it as well and produced fantastic stuff. Anywhere they appear as crossovers has been a blast is this going to be good probably is the premise good it's stupid <laughs> am i going to be on board quite likely and this cover that they have of it oh yeah it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and then finally we had corporate which is the reveal of the all-new x-factor and no, that's the actual title, All New X Factor. And this is written by Peter David, uh, art by Carmine Di Giandomenico. And this is picking up exactly, exactly where Peter David left off with the previous X Factor. And as far as I'm concerned, that's great. Peter David Why? Is, is going to write X Factor until the day he dies. Kind of like Dan Slott and Spider-Man. He has set up so many storylines over the years that he can just pick and choose and this this is stuff he set up we're bringing uh, polaris and quicksilver and adding gambit into the mix and as much as i dislike gambit i've disliked a lot of characters before peter david started writing them so i i i'm an un un jeez <laughs> i am an admitted peter david fanboy so i this for me particularly interests me greatly but what's the point is what I like. What was the point of the reboot? Like some of these others, like a lot of them don't have a point either, but at least some of them trying to pretend to have a point that there's a major shakeup of some kind or whatever. Well, this, but this, this is, is a major it's taking off exactly where the other one left. Well, in my not- opinion, that means follow through with the numbering. Why reboot it for no reason? Well, and I'm, this I'm, all new, geez. I am so tired of all new. Yes, I'm tired of all I'm, new. Well. Oh my god. But to point out, the, the previous X-Factor did end. Like, the entire team was, half of them are retired at this point. Really, the only character from the previous X-Factor that's carrying through into the new one is Polaris. And it's, he's taking it in a completely different direction. So I think in this particular case, a new number one isn't just a, a marketing stunt. For, for the actual tone of the comic and what they're doing with it, it is honestly almost a completely different comic, just with the same name almost. All right. Listen, we've seen worse, okay? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> All right, anything else from uh, Marvel you want to touch on? Well, they talked about uh, uh, Amazing X-Men. Yeah, you that's didn't coming touch. out next month, so. <laughs> yeah, and then with Nightcrawler stuff, and that cover you showed me. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't, uh, find the Scotty Young variant for Amazing X-Men number I'll, one. I'll actually, I'll put the link in the, uh, the show notes. So if, <laughs> if, if anybody can get me that variant, <laughs> I'll actually pay you. I'll PayPal you for the cost of the issue and the shipping because, man, oh, my God, I want that and I want to frame it so badly. Yes. <laughs> I, you'd think we'd get tired of Scotty Young variants by now? Never. No. No, never. <laughs> all right. We're actually briefly going to switch over to DC because, well, first of all, neither one of us are very interested in a whole lot of what DC has going on right now. Hey, you know and what? Sec- though, freaking Scott did a good job with his Batman and Superman stuff, though. Oh, I yes, was really yes. – and, and some of the other panels he was on, too. I was like, he was, he was great. And the thing is, just like we saw at San Diego Comic-Con, DC isn't really telling us a whole lot. They're basically telling us what's – happening in like next month's issues with the exception of the batman panel they really weren't looking too far ahead into the future at least from anything i saw at in their presence at new york i'm gonna agree with you on that but i don't think we really looked into all that many because we looked into the the batman uh panels the superman panel oh, I, and then I, the, I read others just okay like I, I said the, the green lantern panel they're talking about the current green lantern event that's going on right now yeah. they really didn't talk about anything beyond you know, November. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the same with a lot of the other stuff. But Batman was really the star of DC show. Big surprise. And uh, they announced several, well, they announced one new comic coming out called Batman Eternal. As if all the Batman comics that are coming out now aren't enough, we're now getting a weekly <laughs> Batman title. But I like the way they said this. The DC approached Scott Snyder and said, hey, with you doing zero year, there really isn't a proper Batman presence in the line right now. And that, that's something I'm actually agreeing with. And they said, how can we get back into you know, telling current Batman and Gotham stories without screwing up what you're doing in zero year? And they came up with the idea of Batman Eternal, a weekly series where Scott Snyder is kind of masterminding the whole thing. And they let him handpick whatever writers he wanted to work with. So we have James Tinney in the fourth, John Lehman, Ray Fox, and Tim Seeley. And this is going to be just anything that they want to do. Like it's not going to be focused solely on Batman. We're going to get, you know, Batgirl stories. We're going to get Robin stories. We're going to get, you know, Red Hood, you know, whatever they want to do to advance the the Batman story, they're basically being given free reign to do so. I, I kind of like that as well. I did. As long as as long as we have a good editorial team on it to, to you know, keep it as a cohesive <laughs> series. Who we're talking about here. Yeah. So as that's... far as I'm concerned, Scott Snyder is editor. Well, yeah, that's true too. Hopefully, yeah. And one of the big things that they finally announced after years and years and years of hearing it from fans is one of the things that we're going to see in Batman Eternal is Stephanie Brown is finally going to be making her new 52 appearance. And at this point, this is where I have to ask fans who have been asking when is Stephanie Brown going to show up? When is Stephanie Brown show going to show up? If there is a character I was really particularly interested in, like let's say, I don't know, Wally West, I don't know if I'd want a new 52 version of that character at this point. But point. based on who's working on this, I have to believe it's, it's going to be worth some your time. Yeah. The other big thing is they are doing a huge, huge uh, – deal for Detective Comics 27 out in uh, January. And this is a, quote, anniversary issue because issue 27 was the 
premiere of Batman in the original Detective Comics back in 1939. So they are bringing in basically your greatest hits team of Batman creators. And we have Scott Snyder, of course, Neil Adams, Paul Dini, and Frank, Frank Miller. Frank Miller. All working, I, I'm assuming it's going to be an anthology, of course, on this big uh, Batman special. And what is there I, to say? Yeah. <laughs> so like, can't I, wait. I, I have to wonder if anybody at DC realized that Frank Miller kind of went insane several years ago. <laughs> he might still be able to write. Did you, did you, uh, did you read Holy Terror? No. I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to be optimistic. <laughs> and then they also said that going forward after Detective Comics 27, Francis Menopole and Brian Bucoletto are actually coming over. They're leaving Flash and coming over to Detective Comics to take that over. Now, that makes me very sad because I love what they're doing on Flash, and I honestly can't imagine that comic without their particular style. And they said that you know they're not just going to transplant that style over to Detective Comics. They're going to do something that fits with Batman, which I agree with. They couldn't do that Flash style in a Batman no. comic. So, But I, again, these, these guys have been one of the highlights of the New 52, so I, I'm very interested in seeing what they're going to do with a different franchise. So who's taking over Flash then? I didn't see. Because <laughs> they probably they've been doing a yet. great job with Flash. And where's Layman going then? Um, Layman's going to be working on Eternal, but, uh, but his not, time on Detective has, has run its course, I guess. Right. Hmm. I'm sure it'll be popping up somewhere else, though. Hmm. Interesting. But I'm not going to lie. I wasn't crazy about everything that Layman did. Some of no. them I like, but some of them was like... You know, he was good. definitely better than what came before, though. Yeah. And I also just wanted to briefly touch on the Superman comic, or Superman panel, because this was hilarious. They were talking about the upcoming Krypton Returns crossover, which is crossing over action comics, Superman, Superboy, Supergirl. I'm probably missing something in there. Where they flat out said, yeah, we have this new Krypton Returns comic you know, crossover coming out where at, in the last issue, Superboy dies in the ultimate sacrifice, giving his life in order to stop the universe from falling apart. Well, thanks for making sure we don't need to read that now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to touch on upcoming storylines that you have coming up, saying things to get people excited. Spoiling the ending of a story that hasn't even started yet is not the way to go. Yeah, but it's Superboy Day. Nobody's got a problem with that. No, but it, it's, <laughs> it's stupid. I'm, I don't need to explain why it's stupid. And like I said, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot else out of DC that really drew my interest. It was just a lot more status quo. Did you really pick up on anything else? Again, like you were saying, they weren't talking like too far into the future with what they're planning kind of thing. So like, it was interesting when they were talking about the various um, Superman titles, like with Batman, with, uh, with Wonder Woman and stuff, but not enough was really like said about what is really coming up. I mean, the stuff that they talked about with the, the Superman Wonder Woman was just about like the, them as a couple kind of thing and him meeting her parents and different things like that. And, but we're not getting told of any events or anything that are on the horizon for that. And I think it would have been kind of interesting to get a little bit more of that. Mm. And, you know, if they had shown up at San Diego with like the, you know, these huge presentations really wowed everybody and then kind of took it easy at New York, I could understand that. But they basically did the, the same thing at San Diego. Everything they talked about at San Diego, I think we've already seen in the comics by this point. Yeah. So I, 
moving on. The Green Lantern <laughs> stuff, I really wasn't. There was nothing about it that wowed me. Put it that way. Like I was actually really excited for you know the whole relaunch of the Green Lantern line. You know, new writers, new storylines, and within two months they just did another crossover again, and I immediately stopped caring. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the last thing that really drew my eye was IDW announced that they have two new artists editions coming out soon. And for anybody who hasn't seen one of the IDW artist editions, they are fantastic. They're also like two hundred bucks, but if you are really a fan of comics, these things are really cool to have i don't have any personally <laughs> but they said they have artist editions coming out of watchmen and the new gods anybody knows me knows how much i love the watchmen and new gods as far as i'm concerned is some of jack kirby's best work of his career so this is some really cool stuff to be on the lookout for mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they look beautiful but really age scans for a comic well, the, book, really, the, the whole thing is is seeing you know the original line work yeah. before colors are added in yeah. original scale too. I, I'm sure it's beautiful. They, but they, they they back then they drew comics on much larger pages than they're published in. So yeah. you see a lot of detail in these pages that you don't see in the actual published comics. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's going to look nice. It's just it's not something that I would really be paying a whole hell of a lot. Although collectors, I'm sure would. Oh, they're they're really cool. I've I've jeweled over the Walt Simonson Thor Artist Edition of many a time, would. but I haven't actually bought it. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so that's New York. Anything uh, anything I missed? No, I think we covered enough there. All right, and uh, what have you been reading, Roger? Shut up! I already told you. <laughs> Roger, Roger is hard at work for an upcoming episode, so we'll give him a pass. Really actually- hard at work. <laughs> God. You'll understand in a few weeks. <laughs> and I will have words at that point. Okay. So I actually skipped uh, the majority of what my what we're reading last week because the, the Zub interview was running a little long. Not that this episode isn't, but I want to talk. <laughs> First, uh, there was the Avengers Endless Wartime uh, graphic novel that came out written by Warren Ellis. This was fantastic. Uh, like I said, Warren Ellis is one of the best in the business as far as I'm concerned, and he did a great Avenger story. It, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but basically it was very focused on Thor and Captain America because basically a threat from both of their pasts that it kind of combined together in presenting a threat to uh, the modern day. So the Avengers had to roll in and you know basically take it down. But very character-focused on Thor, on Cap. I, I really get the feeling that Warren Ellis does not like Hawkeye or Tony <laughs> because at every opportunity, the, like, the other Avengers were just cracking jokes about them and putting them down. Like, and it got to the point where I was like, okay, Carol doesn't like Tony. We get it. <laughs> it was funny, but it was like, okay, like, move on. But like, there were some gut punches at the end of this stuff. Wolverine had this great monologue to Thor and Cap that just – Wow. Like, I, 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 when it started off, it was a fun superhero adventure. When it was done, I was just sitting there going, what did I just read? Like, again, Warren Ellis doesn't just tell a good story about the characters. He tells a story about comics themselves. Hmm. Definitely worth a read. And I know this is going to sound kind of strange. I'm liking Deadpool. Dude... <sighs> I checked out last month's issue 17, which actually picks up in the middle of an ongoing storyline. But it's a team-up with Captain America and Wolverine. 
that is called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. So <laughs> nice there. But the premise of the storyline is that the Weapon Plus project is still going on and you know it has its splinter groups. That they've taken uh, genetic samples from the X-Men and are actually using the same technology and uh, samples that they did to create Deadpool and are basically making their own versions of the X-Men. So the whole point of the story was that you know Deadpool realized this was something bigger than him and that it tied into both Wolverine and Captain America. It's the Weapon Plus project, you know, was trying to make another Captain America. It's you know what led to Wolverine. So he asked them to join him on this mission and they basically blew him off. So the whole point of this issue is this is where Deadpool actually rescues the two of them after they've been captured and just lays into them. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm basically he's like I don't ask for help very often, but when I do, I kind of need it. And this was pretty important. And beyond that, it's it's a fun adventure because, of course, it's Deadpool. You have the Korean X-Men, <laughs> which are these jacked up clones of, of various X-Men. You know, they have a Cyclops, but I guess they haven't figured out the secret of the glasses. So he's just kind of walking around with his hands over his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> At one point... uh Logan goes up to Korean Colossus and Korean Wolverine and tries to get them to do a fastball special. And Colossus misses and just throws him like three miles into the wilderness. <laughs> it's, like, it's fun, and, but it, it actually was a pretty good story. I liked the art too. Hmm. And there's a, even a point where uh, Wolverine gets uh, shot and Deadpool's like, what's going on there? And he explains, you know, he doesn't have his healing factor. And Deadpool goes, oh, poor little Logan got a boo-boo and like pats him on the back. And when he walks away, there's a Hello Kitty Band-Aid on his arm. <laughs> So it's the little touches that a Deadpool comic needs, but without being total slapstick. And I, I actually did really enjoy it. The uh, they did talk about the his healing factor thing too, mm-hmm. and and again the the obvious. And is it going to remain the same, or is he going to get it back? Well, th- there you go. We yeah, we th- know thanks. he was going to, but thank you for spoiling it. So now we definitely know he will. At least act like Dan Slott and pretend. Yes, like it's yeah, really <laughs> convince us, really. And then finally, your favorite comic, Thor, God of Thunder. Issue 14 came out last week, and again, this is good stuff. No, it's not. Especially when you consider that the current storyline is basically Jason Aaron writing a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. (laughs) Malekith is tearing across the Nine Realms, you know, raising all kinds of hell. And so basically, the other realms band together to send in a group. So you, of course, have Thor... And just like, you know, a, a fantasy tabletop campaign, you know, you have the elf, you have the dwarf, you have all these, you know, very varied characters coming together that need to work towards a goal. And as anybody who has played a good tabletop game knows, the players are rarely working towards the same goal. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're in the middle of the battle. And meanwhile, the dwarf is setting demolition charges, you know, all those fun stuff you do when you're playing these things with your friends. I just really enjoyed it. Plus, it's still a damn good comic. Hmm. What, what, what was that? Hmm. I mean, hmm. That's me hmm. trying to be that was, polite. That, was as, a, hmm. that sounds kind of interesting. No. Maybe I'll no. read it. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> it's worth a try. Yeah. I, I'm going to talk about this every month until I convince you. Yeah. Dude, or until seriously? Jason Aaron stops writing it. <laughs> if Dan freaking slot said, I'm writing Thor, you want to read this? I Okay, maybe then I'd read it. But Dan I'd Slott be and Umberto Ramos. I'd, oh, Thor. dude! <laughs> Thor and all these crazy poses. 
the scary thing is, is I can see it in my head. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up this uh, this monster episode here with our new releases. This week, Marvel brings us Avengers number 21, Avengers Assemble number 20, Cable and X-Force number 15, Fantastic Four number 13, Guardians of the Galaxy number 7, Hawkeye number 13. Finally, it's been way too long since we got some Hawkeye. Yeah, no kidding. Hunger number 4, New Avengers number 11, Superior Spider-Man number 19, Uncanny X-Men number 13, and X-Men Legacy number 18. There was a thing, too, with uh, X-Men Legacy, too, that was interesting, too. It was interesting also because we got to see that everybody agrees with us. Everybody is seriously digging what he's doing, yeah. which and he knows, so that's way <laughs> awesome. The fact that it's been published for 18 issues means he knows he's doing something right. All right, DC brings us Animal Man number 24, Batman Superman number 4, Forever Evil Rogues Rebellion number 1, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 24, as well as Wonder Woman number 24. And from the rest, we have from IDW, Transformers More Than Meets the Eye number 22. We have Bushido number 3 and Invincible 106, both from Image. And from Oni Press, we have Sixth Gun number 35. So that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. Be sure to tune in next week, which is the ever fun Roger episode. But until then, thanks for listening. No, we don't know what we're doing for that episode. <laughs> no freaking. <laughs> Prepared? Yes, we are. No, not really. Seriously, what the hell are we going to do next week? I don't know. That's my week that I don't have to care. (laughs) I'll find something. (laughs) I get one week off every month and change. Shut up. It's not grueling freaking work. (laughs) We're talking about comic books, man. Come on. God. Yeah, but that's the week I don't have the detailed show notes. And, you know, it's like, I read it, I show up. (laughs) I'll find something. Short, too, because I still have all those freaking 52s. I might not be done the 52s by 146. Oh, my God. Dude, there's a lot to read there.